You got the call. Welcome to the big leagues, kid. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the call-up presented by Triple Play Fantasy. This is your number one place right now out there, YouTube podcast for prospect rankings, analysis from every farm system in the bigs, and who is next for that call-up. D-Mendy, joined by my co-host and prospect guru, Michael Richards, a.k.a. Baby Huey. Mike, how's it going tonight? Doing good, David. Uh, as usual, happy to be here. Uh, it's actually been some of the best weather we've had in the Pacific Northwest for about three years, it seems. Uh, the Seattle area gets a, a bad rap for being a city that has the most rain, but it's actually just overcast all the time. So anytime there's some sun, I got to get outside and enjoy that. That's what I've been doing. So it uh, is pretty, but yeah, happy to talk some baseball. It is true that in Seattle, it's like rainy and, and cloudy, like nine or 10 months of the year, right? Pretty much. Yeah, it's, it's, but it's more just cloudy. It, it's more cloudy than rainy. Okay. Interesting. I, I've always wanted to visit there, but that always was my one thing was the weather. I was like, oh, is it, is it summer? Great. That, that's awesome to hear. But I, I'll tell you what, you know, it's also awesome, Mike, is uh, our guest today, who, if you're watching on YouTube, you guys can see him already for those listening on the podcast form. If you are in the prospect world, you definitely know who this guy is. This is a man who shares the human side stories of athletes. This is a man that's an analyst and writer with Prospects Live and also with the Royals Farm Report. He's worked with the Kansas City Royals. He's also a big baseball and mental health advocate for Major League University. One of the best prospect minds out there. You guys know we always do it big, bringing in the best prospect guests here and he's just overall a great dude. We welcome in Jared Perkins. How's it going, man? Man, it's going great. I'm excited to join you guys, talk a little bit of prospects, and got about nine minutes until a Vinny Pasquatino debut. So, amped for the night. <laughs> <laughs> That's the big story, right? We've I feel like Vinny Pasquatino has been teased on this show as a potential call up for weeks, probably yeah. half of the time the show has existed. Finally, there. And we'll get into him because he's going to be the, obviously the star of this show. But before we get started, Jared, please just tell us like what type of work you've been doing with prospects and your connection with the Kansas City Royals. Yeah, so I uh, started writing about prospects a couple of years ago, or not even a couple of years ago, about a year ago, um, just out of a love for the game and the passion for the game. And when I was a kid, I used to go to the Arizona Fall League all the time. And that's kind of where my love for prospects started. Um, I used to go to those games and get autographs as a kid and kind of just fell in love with the minor leagues and kind of the working up, um, watching players work their way through and through player development. And then I started working for the Kansas City Royals uh, at 16 as a clubhouse guy in the minor leagues uh, during the Arizona League um, and kind of spent about eight years left in 2013, of course, the year before they went to the World Series back-to-back -back years. But um, it was such an awesome experience when I was a kid and in college and just to be around those guys and just have that ex uh, experience with them. And it was just 
that's kind of what really drove my passion to start writing about it because um, it was an opportunity to, to uh, get myself back into the game and uh, have that opportunity to just kind of develop as an analysis and learn how to scout and figure out those things. And um, outside of my full-time job, just have that opportunity to just really enjoy baseball still. Do you ever get to minor league games a lot to be able to look at these guys in person? Yeah, so I did um, for Prospects Live. I've been doing mostly the college games uh, this year, but I got out to one game in Hartford and saw the Yard Goats. Uh, they were playing Mets, the Rumble Ponies, the Mets Double A team. So got some Brett Beatty, got some Francisco Alvarez, got some uh, uh, Ronnie Mauricio. So it was cool to just go out there and just kind of uh, sit behind the plate, do some scouting, and then all that kind of fun stuff. So uh, trying to do a little bit more of that. It's been a little bit difficult, um, but yeah. Well, we're looking forward to you bringing all that great scouting and again, all the prospect greatness that you bring. And I think your dog is excited too. He, uh, they're re- their dog is ready for some prospect talk. I, I know I hear it. So oh, he's got the toy. He's bringing it over. He wants, he's ready. <laughs> I love, so let's kick things off here. Starting off, of course, with our minor league players of the week, each of us giving a pitcher and a hitter that really put in some work over the past week. Kicking, kicking things off with, Francisco Alvarez, we talked about him just a second ago, Jared, and he's somebody that was your player of the week on the hitting side this week. Yeah, I mean, Francisco Alvarez has just been on fire. Uh, I, he's just one of those guys. He's got a lot of power. Um, he's got a ton of uh, uh, he's got a little bit of swing and miss to his game. But man, when that ball comes off his bat, it's loud. And that's the same thing when I watched him in person, even on his singles. You can just tell he when he barrels something up, it, it's going to carry um he's really starting to improve as you can see in the last 10 days his walk rate and i think that's the one thing that's going to kind of offset any kind of swing and miss concerns he has um again the last 10 games too he's also cut his strikeout rate by 10 percent, and that's that's what you want from him i mean the guy if he's going to be a major leaguer swing and miss and having a good feel for that strike zone is really going to what is going to what what will carry him and just uh he's a guy that uh when it's hard to find a, a catcher who can really rake, um, that's kind of the guy that you want. Yeah, I mean, obviously, he's got a great swing. He's got tremendous raw power. He had 24 homers in 2021, which were the second most among minor league teenagers. And he's somebody that I've, I've depending on who you talk to, we had Dylan White on last week, and he said he didn't potentially see him debuting this year. I've heard a couple other people say they think – you know, if they need the offense in there that they could see him called up. What are your thoughts, Jared? Do you think Francisco Alvarez maybe in September comes up and gets a a taste of the major leagues this season? Yeah, he could get a cup of tea, I think, just to get him adjusted. Um, It depends on where the Mets are at, too, in terms of uh, playoff run. I mean, they've been playing really good baseball this year, and so they might not necessarily feel they have a need for um, Alvarez with McCain, McCann and Thomas Nido back there. Um, so they, they might just feel like they want to keep him developing. He's only in double A, um, still has some progressions he needs to make in terms of his game. And so um, but if they're in desperate need for a bat later on, they could call him up or if they just want to have him get some at bats. Um, they have such a big enough lead in the division where they're not worried about losing any games or um, playing for a, a spot in the playoffs that he could potentially get a shot. And the reason it's even a conversation is over the last 10 days, four home runs, 10 RBIs, yeah. hitting over 300, over 400 OBP. The the walk percentage near 20%, strikeout percentage just barely under 15%. He, like Jared touched on, having just overall better eye at the plate and really 
making some strides in that area here. Let's move on to the next player here. And this is baby Huey's guy this week in the hitting category. And that would be Vaughn Grissom shortstop for the Atlanta Braves. Who's making his debut on this show. I don't think he's ever been brought up before. And he's been just doing great things in high a ball for those Atlanta Braves, Mike. Yeah. Vaughn Grisham is a player that I have thought about bringing up in the player to watch section a couple times. I, I was very close to bringing him up last week, but he continued it this week. Cause you can see in the last 10 days, 375, 423, 667, three homers and five steals. You know, I like that power speed 17 RBIs in the last 10 days is notable. On the season, he's hit nearly 300 with a 381 OBP, nine homers and 17 stolen bases. What I really like about him is that 12.4% strikeout rate. So we're looking at, when I was looking at his scouting grades coming into the season, he projected for a below average hit tool, above average power and average speed. And when I see the player and just comparing him to past players that I've looked at, I kind of see more of a above average, potentially plus hit tool. Uh, above average po raw power seems reasonable and above average speed. So that's a very well-rounded player right there. Uh, it's too early to be throwing out any crazy uh, comments, but I, th I guess this would be the closest thing to Michael Harris coming up just under the radar. Maybe next year he's their top prospect type of thing. So, uh, Another thing I should mention, he's the son of former MLB speedster Marquise Grissom, who was a center fielder, mm. a whole bunch of bases. So he's got that uh, MLB pedigree, which I love in prospects. You know, just a few examples, Vlad Jr., Bo Bichette, uh, Drew Jones, Andrew Jones' son is coming up next year. Uh, so yeah, the nice contact rate. He feels underrated. This is definitely a top 100 prospect in my view. Uh, so I would target him now before he gets up to the upper levels. And I think you're going to like what, what occurs over the next year. Mike, I'm going to put you on the spot for a second because okay. someone like you, I know I can. Yep. Who do you like better long-term? Braden Shoemake, who is another shortstop technically in the Braves organization in AAA right now, or Vaughn Grissom long-term? Well, for me, that's easy. I'd take Vaughn Grissom all day. I think he's got more upside for sure. And he's not as far behind. I mean, he's not that far behind making it to the majors. And for those that are wondering if they play the same position as shortstop, they say that Vaughn Grissom uh, right now doesn't have a natural position, even though he's listed at shortstop. He's played some third, some second. And so it doesn't necessarily mean that Braden Shoemake could be a block for him if they both play on the team at the same time. And right now, Dansby Swanson, who's the shortstop right now at the major league level, I believe he's in a contract year. So there could be a spot opening up there and potentially other spots in the infield uh, as well. So, that's just how Mike feels about him. That's a name, Vaughn Grissom. Next guy here, bring up Max Ferguson and another San Diego Padre prospect. So I'm surprised Ruiz did not make it his uh, another week on this show as he's talked about everywhere these days. But Max Ferguson is a name you need to know because right now the stolen bases that he is putting up are just absolutely insane right now. He just crossed 50 stolen bases this past week, 51 stolen bases on the season in just 64 games. He also has 39 RBIs, 63 runs, three home runs. One thing I, I really like that I've seen in his profile 
as you may see on the season, he's he's batting 247, 403, 364 slash. But if you look at the K to walk in single A right now for uh, in the 2022 season, he has a 22.8% K rate and a 19.9% walk rate. Those numbers being as close together as they are and the K rate being just at where it is, is a huge step in his progression. Because just last season, this was the same guy that had a 15.5% walk rate and a 34.5% K rate. I know it was only 12 games, but this is what you like to see, just that type of progression from him. The average obviously looking a lot better. The the WOBA, I mean, there's across the board, he seems like he's making the strides that he needs to. And that type of stolen base potential is just juicy for anybody that's in Roto Leagues that can see that type of speed on the base paths. He's going to be a big deal when he eventually does make the the show with the San Diego Padres. Definitely probably a few years away here. But Max Ferguson uh, is just a stolen base monster right now in the minor leagues. Let's head over and turn to the pitching side of things here. Kicking off here with our first guy here from our guest, Jared. And he'd like to bring up Mason Montgomery, a starting pitcher for the Rays. And and uh, I don't know, Jared, we might have both just been feeling a Tampa Bay Rays vibe because we both liked some guys in their system right now. What caught your eye about Mason Montgomery? Uh, one of his starts in these two games, he went five innings and struck out 12. I mean, his it, his stuff just seems like it's absolutely nasty. He's got a, on the year a 42.3% strikeout rate, and it's just absolute insanity. He struggles a little bit with the walks. He's walking a couple of guys a game. I think his one of his second outings in the month, uh, he only went three innings um, and still walked two guys. So there's some, some issues there, but, I mean, this stuff is disgusting. He's got about a low 90s fastball, can get it up to 94 if he needs to. Really good changeup and slider to kind of mix in with that, and he's really keeping hitters off balance. I mean, I, I'd expect him to go into double A soon, just given his age uh, um, and experience. So uh, he's just a guy that is really, really intriguing. And of course, just another arm that the Rays to just keep developing <laughs> in their system. It's just them and the Guardians just absolutely loaded every single year. They just find these guys in the later rounds of drafts and they are just able to develop them with whatever system that they have in their player development. Um, they're just able to spit out pitching prospects. He's been awesome for the Tampa Bay Rays. He's had double digit K per nine each of the last three seasons walk rates of under three over the last two seasons. He's also got a home runs per nine. That's very respectable. Uh, he's had a point nine, eight or under each of the last pretty much all his minor league career. You know, he's someone that's keeping the ball in the ballpark. The home run to fly ball rate is low and uh, I can see why you picked him another exciting player for the Rays, and Like you said, they just keep, turning out pitcher after pitcher. So, and he's a lefty too. So just keep yeah. an eye on Mr. Montgomery there. Baby Huey, your guy here. We talked about teams that just breed pitching and Jared touched on it. Another team that does that is Cleveland. And you are all about Logan Allen starting pitcher for the guardians in the organization. Yeah. Logan Allen's another guy that I've just kind of had on my radar going back to last year. Uh, he kind of gets overshadowed a bit with uh, Daniel Espino in, and uh, Gavin Williams breaking out this year. But he's clearly the third uh, pitching prospect in the organization for me at this moment. Uh, over the last 10 days, you can see those numbers, 13 innings pitched, two walks, 22 strikeouts. Uh, on the season, he's got a 3-3-3 ERA, 1-1-0 whip. 
uh, even lower uh, 2.81 XFIP. Uh, I, I love the 35% strikeout rate, 7% walk rate. That's what you're looking for right there. Uh, he shows up similar to last week. I talked about Reese Olsen for the Tigers. Uh, it's a very similar situation. He shows up on a lot of those lists of like, you know, 23-year-olds and younger in double A uh, with all the all the stats I put together in the filters. You know, one of the 10 or 12 guys that shows up on these lists. Um, so, yeah, overall, you're looking at a guy with a, an above-average fastball, uh, average slider, plus changeup with plus command. So he's definitely going to be a starting pitcher in my eyes. If he could improve the slider more, that would be incredible for his value. He's close also. He's repeating double A. So I think he's basically one of the next in line to get called up. Uh, they do have some other arms in the organization, but this is a guy I think is going to slot in to their rotation and be in the three, four or five spot long-term and be a solid, a solid player. He doesn't walk a lot of guys. He gets the strikeouts and he doesn't get talked about a lot too. So if you're looking for a pitcher that's close, that uh, could be good. And I should mention also with, just like I did with Reese Olson, the park is good for pitchers. The division is good for pitchers, you know, so all those different things, he gets to go against the Royals and the Tigers. And so, uh, yeah, pick him up or, or trade for him if you get a chance. Yeah, that's it. Again, Logan Allen, left-handed pitcher in the Cleveland Guardians organization. This next guy here is the first time I've gotten a compliment from Mike on a guy that I've <laughs> included. So I know I did something right putting Taj Bradley here on this list for a guy that was a player of the week on the season, a 182 ERA in 59.1 innings, 71 strikeouts, and a .91 whip. He's got 29 Ks in 24 and a third innings with a 111 ERA in June so far. Surrendered one run or fewer in 11 of his 13 starts for AA this season. He's the highest rated consensus prospect for the Rays. That's not the guys you've already heard of at the major league level, Shane Baz and Josh Lowe. So again, just showing just how great prospects are that usually turn out with the Rays. The fact that he's the next guy up for most people show you the type of promise that he has. He's somebody that already threw a mid to uh, kind of low high 90s fastball. So, you know, getting it up to 95, 96, 97. But what he's really worked on is a slider, an upper 80 slider that has great late break that the Rays have asked to basically have him feature off of his fastball. He's Those two pitches are already incredibly great for him. He's also got a 12-6 curve as a third pitch, but those two pitches are what really makes Taj Bradley a big deal right now. And if you have a guy that has a really good fastball and slider, you can definitely get away with a lot of things, even at the major league level, if they're good enough. So Taj Bradley is just somebody that I didn't know much of until a couple of weeks ago. And as I'm learning more and more prospects doing this show every single week, he might be somebody that, that I'm going to be keeping an eye on consistently. He looks like he has that type of upside. Yeah, absolutely. I want to jump in real quick. Uh, I went on to Eric Cross's podcast this off season and we did a, I forget what it was called, but bold, bold takes or bold predictions. And I said, Taj Bradley would be the number one pitching prospect in baseball at the end of the season. Now, now that's not going to happen, but he has a lot of upside. He's pretty new to pitching full time as well. He was a multi sport star in high school. So he's behind, but I'm seeing signs of big upside. If he puts it all together down the road. Somebody, if you have not heard of him, you need to make sure you keep an eye on him and somebody that's going to keep shooting up the board 
uh, as just seasons go on here is someone that everybody's going to know about. So that, again, is Taj Bradley, starting pitcher in the Tampa Bay Rays organization. All right. This next section, we usually do notable promotions. As you can see, this graphic we use every week. There was one, and we are taking him from who's next because Jared predicted it. He's next. Vinny Pasquantino finally getting the call, joining his Kansas City Royals, somebody who just the most impressive thing uh, on a list of impressive things about him, just how close his K to walk rate is. The fact that he is Kang uh, just at a sub 13% rate, walking at a decent clip. This man's got an incredible eye at the plate. Seems like he does so many things well, maybe besides just play consistent defense. He, you know, he could potentially just be a, a DH down the road. But man, this guy looks like he can hit and he can hit well, Jared. What is, what is your full-on scouting report about Vinny Pasquantino? First, I mean, the excitement is just, it's high in Kansas City to watch this guy make his debut. The Royals have been, Royals fans have been just kind of waiting for months now. I mean, they were waiting for Carlos Santana to get moved. Someone somehow gave the Royals something for Carlos Santana and they were able to get him out the door and make us some room for Pasquantino. And it's like you just stated right there the 12.5% walk rate over, uh, the 12.2% K rate. This is the second year in a row that he's had a higher walk rate than uh, strikeout rate. Last year it was 13.1 to 11%. And it's the ability for him to get barrel to ball is absolutely insane. And the patience he has at the plate to find his pitch in order to drive it. It's, and then when it comes off the bat, it's loud. I mean, it's not as loud as Nick Prado type power, but it's still really, really, really good power. Um, better than gap power. He's going to hit his uh, plethora of home runs. And like you said, he's defensively, he might end up as a DH, but he can pick it at first. I think he gets overlooked defensively a little bit because Nick Prado is so good defensively at first base for the Royals in AAA. And he's going to be a gold glove first base. And everybody kind of compares Pasquantino to him, but Pasquantino plays above average defense um he's gonna be a decent at first base he's gonna be able to pick it when bobby witt jr makes those jump rope throws from shortstop so he's a guy that you just absolutely love and apparently from the reports that are coming out he's an amazing clubhouse dude as well just as lively in the clubhouse uh people kind of gravitate towards him so just having that personality in kansas city and a clubhouse that seems to need to be loosened a little bit um is great to have him come up can i say as a Twins fan, it's completely unfair that you have <laughs> Nick Prado at first base. You could have Vinny Pasquantino DHing, MJ Melendez catching. Yeah, or you know, you also have Salvador Perez. That's of course already there too. Yeah. But then you also have Bobby Wood at shortstop. Like you have so much young hitting talent coming in, it is like not even fair. Yeah, and they got the list keeps going on. I mean, you got Edward Oliveras, you got Kyle Isbell. Um, mm. They got some guys in Double A too that are on their way, and it's it's. It's fun. It's exciting if you're a Royals fan. On the pitching side, you want to see a little bit of help. But, I mean, with the bats that are coming, uh, it's yeah, it's hard not to be excited. You guys got to do something. I don't know if it's just the coaching or, or what. If, I feel like, like Asa Lacey's struggling right now, and I, I liked Asa Lacey when he was drafted. Yeah. And I feel like I, I just don't – there's like some disconnect in developing these pitchers. And it's been so consistent that if, if you could even just have a semblance of, of these guys developing somewhat, that you guys would be a force to be reckoned with on both ends of the ball there. Um, yeah. 
Yeah, I, I mean, you see a lot is. of the the pitchers that leave Kansas City, like Jorge Lopez and Jacob Junis, they're now finding success <laughs> with their new organization. So, yeah, there's something that's missing, I think, even at the, the major league level. Um, you see Brady Singer goes back down to AAA and figures it out with the AAA coaching staff when he couldn't figure it out with the big league coaching mm-hmm. staff. Um, and it was more of just throwing his change up and spotting up his fastball. I mean, he's got good location and things like that. But, yeah, there's a, definitely a missing link uh, in the pitching development. Well, we're set, we're talking about the Royals, so let's stay with the Royals as we talk about our prospect watch. So these are players not necessarily getting the call anytime soon, but players that just caught our eye. And they've been doing some stuff down at the minor league level here. And let's kick it off with Michael Massey. Again, another Royals prospect here, double AA, A, triple A, and a 312 to 365, 515 slash. He's got 11 homers, 10 stolen bases on the year. A 120 WRC plus, Jared. Again, just we're talking about all the talent on the hitting side of the ball. Here's yeah. another one for them. Yeah, I mean, Michael Massey has the profile of an everyday second baseman in the big leagues. To me, he just absolutely breaks. Um, another guy who's great at getting barreled the ball, uh, has a good feel for the strike zone. You'd like to see his walk rate come up a little bit, um, but he hits so much that he just doesn't walk too often. Um, his strikeout rates increased a little bit as he's gone up levels. Um, but with the Royals potentially moving Merrifield at the deadline, Ben Attendi as well, Michael A. Taylor, there's an opportunity that Massey could actually see the big leagues this year. And I didn't think it was possible at first. Um, he got a lot of flack, I think last year because of age versus level. Um, he was 24 years old, I think, or 23 years old playing high A. And a lot of it was due to the COVID year and an injury that he was dealing with. And so, but he's just shown everybody that the bat's real. Um, defensively, he won a gold glove, uh, minor league gold glove at second base. Um, unbelievably good at, on the field. So, you know, he's going to stick. And I think that's something that kind of gets overlooked. Um, at least in the fantasy baseball world, like he's got a position, he's going to play second base. And I think that's going to be huge as he goes and tries to ascend to the big leagues. Again, that's Michael Massey, second baseman in the Royals organization, somebody that's already at the triple a level and could contribute this season. This next player is somebody that even the casual prospect players know that's Zach Veen outfielder for the Colorado Rockies. Somebody that is, a uh, very much a, a very hot commodity in the prospect world these days. A 265, 376, 460 slash. He's got nine home runs, 27 steals, walking 14% of the time. Mike, Zach Veen is Zach Veen, so we know he's a stud, but why should the people know he's even more of a stud than they realize? Well, there's a that's a good question. Uh, he's someone that kind of has gotten lost a little bit behind the Ezekiel Tovar breakout. Mm-hmm. And so it's it can be difficult to guess where how to rank him at this stage. I've seen some lists now where he's in the back end of top 100 lists or some even off the top 100. So that was a main reason that I brought him up because if you see him, if you're in a league or you're, you're with people who see him as that, I, I do think you should buy him immediately, make him a priority target. But uh, just looking at his overall profile, coming into the season, he had a below average hit tool. Uh, plus power, double plus raw power with plus speed. So he's he's another one of those big guys with huge power, has speed. He will slow down a little bit theoretically. But one of the things that jumped out to me was he's, he's 27 for 28 in stolen bases this year after being caught 17 times last year. I assume this would be a, a, a fairly quick 
decline in speed, but he's taken a step forward into like even more speed. It seems like, and this is a guy who's big. He, uh, he's six, six, four, one ninety, twenty 20 years old. He's definitely going to get into that power. So if you got a guy who's capable of stealing 20 plus spaces with double plus raw power, and like you said, the, the, the 14% walk rate under 24% strikeout rate, which is dipped down from last year, uh, he's got a better hit tool than advertised as well. So the missing link here is actually his power, which is his best tool theoretically long-term. So I would get on Zach Veen if there's any hesitation, if someone doesn't see him as a, like a top 30 tech prospect. Yeah, Zach Veen is the truth. And good point there, Mike, as well, that with the Ezekiel Tovar love this year, that he is somebody that before this year was kind of the, you've talked Colorado Rockies prospects. He was a name that always was brought up and now not as much this year, but very much still legit. Again, that's Zach Veen, somebody that don't be worried about. If you have him in the dynasty league, his man still legit, still going to crush it. Um, so yeah, he's an awesome, awesome young player in the Rockies organization. This next player is someone I owe baby Huey a lot of credit because he's the first person that brought this guy to my attention. Kyle Harrison, starting pitcher for the San Francisco Giants in their organization. Two and two with a 283 ERA, 109 Ks and 60.1 innings this year in the minor leagues. Absolutely filthy. He had 11 Ks in his last start and opponents are hitting 191 collectively this season against him. His K per nine numbers are just unreal they're like video game numbers he's somebody that just seems so incredibly nasty that the home runs per nine are not outrageous this year they're a little higher than they have been in years past but this is somebody that i think is going to quickly keep shooting up the san francisco giants prospect system and somebody that you guys everybody's going to know about uh, i mean even though his era may sit at 402 since he was called up to double a the, again, bringing up the opposing batting average is something that's going to, I think, even make sure his ERA is more to what I think it would be with that type of batting average against. He's just, again, filthy and somebody you need to make sure you know about. That is Kyle Harrison. So, all right. Now to the last segment of the show. And we did steal Jared's guy here for the who's next because he predicted <laughs> it. So, Jared, I definitely would love to hear your thoughts on our two players that we have else for this or that are listed for this section, starting off with Shay Langoliers, catcher for the Oakland Athletics and their organization in AAA in 62 games. He's got a 271, 364, 448 slash, 13 home runs. He's got three steals too, chipping in there. Somebody that's, I think, just waiting for the opportunity to contribute to the big league club. What are your thoughts on Shay Langoliers? Yeah, he was a guy that I was really excited to see get traded to the Oakland A's. I think that there was always a hard to see him finding a place in Atlanta. Um, so it was cool to see him get traded in that Olsen deal. Um, guy who's really cut down a bit on the strikeouts this year, which you really want to see. Um, going to be a tough time hitting in Oakland and in that lineup. Uh, but I think he's a, a guy who's got some potential. If you're really looking for a, a catcher that can be a, a kind of a deep ad, he's a guy, good guy to go with, and he's probably going to make his debut this year, especially with there's there being tons of room in Oakland right now for players. Um, but it's a, it's a hard, it's going to be a hard road, I think in Oakland in order to get production RBI wise, just because the lineup's a little bit struggling. Um, but he could be a good potential major part of their future. Yeah. He's 
somebody I, I mean are you think they're just waiting on a potential injury at catcher for him to be able to to come up and be able to get the chance with Oakland or is it a service time manipulation do you have any idea why you think he hasn't gotten the chance yeah it's probably more of just waiting for an opportunity for him to come up um I think that it's it's one of those things where they're probably knowing no rush to, to bring them up just because they're just, they're not really looking uh, for an opportunity to compete right now. But I mean, at his age of 24 years old, I can't imagine him staying down there too long. Um, he's a former first rounder ninth overall pick. So he's got, he's got some prospect pedigree to him. And I, at some point I got to imagine we're going to see him, whether it's in July or August. Yeah. If I, if I were going to stash a catcher in triple a, this would be the guy in dynasty or, or redraft. So uh, I, I, like you said, you guys all covered it, but I'm not sure when he's going to be up, but when he is, they're going to play him all the time. So in the, in catchers, a wasteland. So this guy could be above average at the position. Yeah. I know. Oh, go ahead, Jared. Oh yeah. I was going to say also they have Sean Murphy and he was another top prospect catcher at one point. And I don't know if they're trying to see how much long it's going to take him to pan out. Um, so they might be just kind of trying to, to ride the wave with him. Yeah, he's again Shay Langlers is is uh somebody that you guys need to know about. And Oakland needs a lot of hitting. So if he comes in there and hits, they'll find a place in the lineup for him. Catcher DH, any where they can put him. Last guy we'll talk about tonight, Alec Burleson, outfielder in the St. Louis Cardinals organization for triple A right now. 15 home runs. He's got a 13.5% K rate, 235 ISO. Baby Huey, let's talk about our last guy tonight. Alec Burleson, what should we know? Well, yeah, he's just another guy. You know, it's getting harder and harder to find players who haven't been called up that could potentially impact teams this season. But this is another one of those guys, like I talked about last week, uh, Jonathan Aranda, where he's popping up on the list. He doesn't get talked about a lot. He's been productive. Uh, just an under-the-radar proximity guy um, who doesn't get a lot of attention. When I'm looking at the AAA OPS leaderboards, guys with 100-plus paid appearances, his 968 leads everyone's left in the minor leagues right now. Uh, he's capable of playing outfield. He's a pretty big guy, so first base might be his long-term position. Um, he's ramped up his production this year uh, to all-time level. I love that he's reduced his strikeout rate every single year. It, it was at 30% in high A in 2021, I guess, which is last year. He went through. He went from high A to double A to triple A last year. So that's a good sign right there. And his strikeout rate's at the lowest it's been in, in the last two years. Also, his ISO is up. So he's tapping into power. He's got a really good hit tool. And uh, and he's close. He's hitting 343 in AAA this year with a 154 WRC+. Plus. So uh, I don't think he's going to have huge power, but I think he's got a good hit tool. And the Cardinals have shown that they can produce good talent, even on the fringe. Yeah, I think it's the Cardinals are one of those organizations that when they develop prospects and they come up a lot of times we raise an eyebrow because uh, the St. Louis prospects seem to do pretty well for the most part. They just seem like they know how to develop, especially their hitters that uh, they're just really doing a lot of great things there. And Alec Burleson, somebody you do think baby Huey that we could see this season. So, I mean, he's in this section. So yep. uh, I, I like your thought, I like where your head's at there, but that's going to wrap us up here. For week 12 of the call-up, three months into this show, we are loving every single minute of doing this each and every week for you guys. Thank you to Jared for joining the show. Jared, please 
plug all the great things you're doing out there in the prospect world and where people can find you on Twitter. Yeah, uh, you can find me at uh, JaredCP1 on Twitter. Uh, just we're in for Prospects Live, Royal Farm Report. I'm doing some baseball mental health at Major League University. But yeah, thanks guys for having me on. This was awesome. Love the product that you're all putting out here with the videos. And it's just, it's awesome to see. It's cool to see the call up really take off. Well, we're pumped to have you on the show. I hope we can have you back sometime. We love your energy and everything you bring. And um, again, for people that don't know, again, this is one of the best prospect minds out there. And where can they find you on Twitter if they want to see more of your work? Yeah, at uh, Jared, J-A-R-E-D, uh, C-P-1. Perfect. Make sure you guys follow him, not just Royal stuff. This guy puts out so much great content that you guys need to make sure you're checking out. And Mike, anything you want to plug to the audience before we wrap this one up? Well, I, not not especially. I mean, I still have articles coming out at Fantrax. So I'm going to get more active on social media, but we appreciate the support we've gotten as well from the people. And if there's anyone out there that can think of some way we can improve the show or ways that could be actionable for your leagues, uh, feel free to reach out to me uh, in my DMs on Twitter. You could also reach out to Mendy if you're desperate. So, <laughs> there, so yeah, uh, we appreciate every everyone that listens, and uh, we love doing this for you guys. That's right. We're, our goal is to be one of the top prospect shows out there for you guys each and every week, giving you the players you don't know about and giving you a step on your league mates, finding out these gems that are just kind of right down in the early minor leagues before they explode and everybody knows about them. So for Jared, for Mike, I'm David. If you guys are enjoying the content, please make sure you are subscribed to the channel, subscribe to the podcast feed so you don't miss an episode. Also, if you're watching on YouTube, a like and a comment below. Talk about how beautiful Mike's voice is if you want to leave a comment there. Or how, how awesome Jared's dog is. Whatever you want to say just to get the algorithm going. It's always appreciated. Uh, we appreciate you guys, and we will see you all in week 13.